Ben, Ellie, band, why aren't you not in my house yet? Last week I invited them to move in with me and I mean I cook, come on. Man, that song, right? Anyone? All the songs. This is our house, the thing, the other thing. My goodness, thank you guys so much. I don't know, I just like to stand there and, right? Thank you guys, you are a blessing. Well, good morning. My name is Melody, and I am one of the pastors here at New Song Church, and excited to have you guys here, excited to have just all the familiar faces, maybe some we haven't seen in a while, maybe some that we see every week, all the faces. So welcome this morning. If you are new this morning and just kind of are checking us out or want more information or whatever it is, there's lots of uh, cards in front of you. There's one that says pray. There's one that says connect. There's one that says, is that it? Pray and connect. That's it. And then there's a, an envelope to give. That's important too. Okay. Give. Um, but if you are visiting us today, uh, please fill out a connect card with just some information on it. We would love to connect with you. Um, so I do have something to say about the prayer card. So you will see in my hand, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it, but I have 11 cards in my hand just from last week. And I said, hey, if you have a praise, fill it out. If you have a prayer request, fill it out. If you want to say something, fill it out, fill it out, fill it out, fill it out. And then we walk in and Nancy had all these cards and they were just some amazing things to read and some prayers. And we sent out emails with the prayers that, you know, said, hey, please share my prayer request. So let me encourage you, fill it out, fill it out, fill it out. Okay. What are you supposed to do? Thank you. And if you have an update, let's say you have, last week I said, hey, praise God, I got a new washing machine. Thank you, Jesus. Well, guess what's coming today? No, the dishwasher. Because why not? Because I have money to just throw up in the air, apparently. So the dishwasher is coming today. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So I, again, these are not real problems. But this is what I'm thankful for today. And I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for these cards. So please fill them out. Connect. Let us know how we can pray for you. Uh, it can be anonymous. We have some people that just say, hey, listen, pray for this. I don't, I don't want to give my name, but please pray for this. And they, and they say that, and that is fine too. So please let us know. All right. For the next announcement, I think I need a little help. I need a little help, and I need a little more sparkle. So for this next announcement, I'm going to invite up my friend, Miss Olivia. Give her a welcome, please, everybody. Here she comes. Notice anything? Notice anything about us? Stick out your foot. Stick out your other foot. That's right. Bing! That's a high five. We have magic shoes. Yeah? Okay, Olivia, um, can you tell us how old you are? I'm four. She's four. And Olivia, why do we have matching shoes? Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. What did, what did we say? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We said, how cool would it be if we had matching shoes, right? 
And then Miss Melody said, what? I said I was going to, I don't know. I said, let me see if I can find matching shoes. And then Miss Melody found some on a super shady website, crossing my fingers that it was going to match. <laughs> but guess what, Olivia? Would, would you say we're friends? Yeah. Yeah, we're friends? Like, like best friends? Or you have another, or you have another best friend? Who's your other, who's your other best friend? I don't know. I don't know. Do you like to say I don't know a lot? Yeah. Okay, do you know what's happening after church today? No? We're going to have some soup. Have you stayed for soup Sunday before? Yeah. Have you had my soup? No. Yes, you have! My chili soup, my bean soup? Yeah. Yes. What's your favorite let's see what's your favorite thing about Sundays when you come to church? Do you like being with friends? <laughs> it's okay. We're all about honesty, right? But do you like being in here with us and with mom? Yeah. Yeah, you like being with us? What what's what's something that you know, is just when we're in here and we're singing and we're praying and we're clapping, what's your favorite thing about being in here? I don't know. I don't know. It, do you think it's the singing? Maybe. Do you think it's praying if it's not very long? Sometimes, yeah. Well, let me tell you, Olivia and I have connected through conversation. Sometimes it's at the at the door of your car, you're in your car seat, right? Sometimes. Sometimes it's on a soup Sunday over soup. Sometimes it's just any, any time, any day, anywhere. And so this is what we want to do on these Sundays. We call them community Sundays. Can you say, hey, everybody stay after? You don't want to do that either? Do you want to help me serve soup later? Yeah? What are you going to serve? Are you going to serve my soup or someone else's soup? going to be at my soup, okay, everybody? She's going to be at my soup. Um, so this is what we want to promote. We, Olivia and I are friends. Olivia and I are friends, and when we see each other, we are happy to see each other. We high-five each other, right? And you have a name tag, and I have a name tag, just in case we meet someone new today, and just in case someone wants to know our name, yeah? So we invite you to stay for soup. Can you say stay for soup? Okay, this is, this, is, this is not going anywhere. All right. Let's say thank you to Olivia. Yeah? Should we do one more ping with our shoes? No? Not even that? Ping! I got you. Want to ping me once? No? I'm going to ping you again? Okay, go with mom. All right, Olivia. Good job. She's like, Mom, I did great. Good job, Olivia. Well, on Sundays also is uh, the first Sunday of the month is when we have kids in here with us, ages K through whatever grade you are, 
Uh, we have kids in here, and we just want to just get to know our kids, get to know each other. And again, we invite you to stay for soup. Come build some community. I don't know, check out someone's shoes that you might want to match next time and say, hey, where do I get those shoes? Um, so uh, a couple of other things happening this week that I want to mention to you. On Saturday, uh, we are going to have our first spring coffee in the courtyard, and that is uh, an hour before before our pantry begins at 10, at 9 a.m., we ask that, you know, the pantry guests come down and enjoy some coffee, enjoy a cookie or two, and everyone here is invited, and there's just so much that happens over food, over drink, and we just want as many people as possible to be there. So if you have nothing going on next Saturday at 9 a.m., come for an hour, not even, like 45 minutes. You'll get to see what's happening in the garden. You'll get to see how pantry distribution happens. It is, it is something incredible to see when there's life going on here on campus. So that is all happening next weekend. We invite you to come. Another thing that is happening on Wednesdays, so youth, if you uh, have to, if you don't know by now, but most of you know, Wednesdays is our youth group meeting at 6.30. This last Wednesday, we met with the parents and kind of just uh, Grant laid out the vision for what is to come, and we're hopeful, and we're excited, and we're prayerful. Lots of willing and amazing volunteers are going to be there. Grant's going to be there every Wednesday with some really cool people. So we just ask that you pray for our students, pray for our volunteers, and pray for what's to come and who's to come. So we we hope that you can join us in that. So youth group at 6.30 every Wednesday. All right. Does anyone else know what happening? what is happening next Sunday? You know, Linda, one person. Some of you. Okay. Do we know who's playing yet? Is that decided? Yes? Chiefs? Like the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, that's like the only team I know because of my dad. Kansas City Chiefs and... Eagle, where are they from? Philadelphia. They make a good cheesesteak sandwich. So is it cheesesteak? It's cheesesteak, yes. I thought I said cheesecake. That would not have been good. Well, you know, I'm not a huge Super Bowl person, but um, I watch the Super Bowl because that's what we do on that Sunday. Um, but what we are going to ask you to do is bring your game day shirt next week. Now, I don't have a Chiefs jersey. I don't have a, what's, what's the other team? Eagles. Eagles, Eagles, okay. I don't have an Eagles jersey. I don't have a, we're the Rams, right? Justin, is he gonna throw something at me from up there? Yes, we're the LA, is that, are they still in LA? Okay. So, this is terrible. I shouldn't have made this announcement, it's okay. But you know what I'm gonna wear? I'm gonna wear the other football jersey from Argentina because we just won the World Cup, because my people know what they're doing on the soccer field. So I'm gonna be wearing my Argentina jersey. What, what else, what's some obscure sport, or who has a weird jersey? Anyone, does anyone play like badminton in here? Where is it? Beer pong champion? I love it. <laughs> you wear that t-shirt next Sunday. What does it say, like beer pong queen? 
beer pong champion. That's all it needs to say. Okay, excellent. So please bring your game day or, you know, whatever you have. Wear that next week. We're, we want to take a really fun picture afterwards. So whatever you got, wear it. If you don't got it, that's okay too. Um, just come next Sunday and we just want to have a nice time together again in community. Do you feel that in here? I was, I was talking to someone this week on the phone, and she's like, can you tell me a little bit about your church? And I was like, well, what do you want to know? And she's like, well, what kind of people go there? And I was like, all kind of people. <laughs> and what do you do? We do all kinds of things. And what, you know, so I was able to tell her a little bit, but what I really focused on is, hey, we are a church that is come as you are, come with, you don't, I mean, none of us have it together, we are a church that loves our community, that our community knows who we are. I think that is huge for us. And not just our community, but in here. In here, we know each other, right? We're not anonymous in here. If you try to be anonymous, that's not going to happen here. Go down the street, okay? Okay? I'm serious. Um, no, I'm not telling you to leave church. I'm just saying you're, you're not going to be anonymous here. We're going to know you. We want to know your name. So if you have anything that you need to connect with us, if you have questions or you want to talk about something, Pastor Grant's door is always open. You can always find tea and coffee in my office upstairs. Just we want to know you. We want to know what's happening with you. And I think we are building that here. Would you say amen? Amen. All right, let's pray for our service and, and get the preacher on for the day before I just finish, off the, finish it off here. All right, Lord Jesus, thank you so much uh, just for this day. Thank you for um, just the people who are here today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you uh, would open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears just to hear uh, what Grant has prepared this morning. God, we trust that you have given him the message this morning, God. We trust that you are the one who has called him here and now. We trust, God just in what is happening around us. We trust um, just that this is the place for us, Lord. Lord, this is where we're supposed to be today. Lord, would we, you bless today and now? And God, would you bless our community fellowship at the end of the service? Would you, um, God, would you just give us the courage maybe even to stay a little while, to say hello to whatever it is, God? God, would you put it on our hearts, whatever it is you want us to do today, what you want us to hear, what you want us to see, God. God, we trust that you are already in that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Grant, you take it away. Okay, where am I taking it? <laughs> hey, everyone. I love the name tags, man. It's good. Can't read any of them from here, but... It's a good thing. We just do this once a month, by the way. It's just a once a month thing that uh, someone suggested. And, you know, uh, everyone knows my name and it's really helpful for me because uh, sometimes you've said it one time to me and I'm just like feeling so embarrassed just saying, hey, you, how are you doing? Uh, before we go into Hebrews, I just want to share something with you. Last uh, Sunday, <clears throat> I um, talked about cave divers. We talk about all kinds of things. We do all kinds of things. We are all kinds of people. Uh, we talked about cave divers and... Um, there's about 75 people who can say that they are professional, qualified cave divers in the world, and a population of about 8 billion people. And I was like, that's a really small percentage. Well, Cooper Washburn came up to me during communion and had calculated 
during my message, but I'm saying it's fine for that, the percentage, uh, and I, I had just not even tried. We got some smart kids around here. So is Cooper here today? No Cooper today? Well, yeah, what a dude. So just want to share that with you. If you need any math tutoring or help with your taxes, Cooper is available for appointments. Kids, man, amazing. So we're in Hebrews in a series called Pressing On. And, you know, it's quite, it's a complex book. Um, one of the things that's very hard for people, the people who are writing these biblical books, Old Testament, well, especially the New Testament, was this task of how to describe really an indescribable God, uh, both in his nature and his work, in, in a form of language that people might be able to understand or grasp. Because God is eternal in all of his ways. He is the unknowable one. And, and the work of Christ, I mean, I can say what, what we say happened, but I'm not sure I can really explain the mystery of all of this. So these writers often used metaphors to try and make it accessible to us. There's been many writers through history. C.S. Lewis is a great example who, who would often use a, a picture, an example of something earthly to try and get across something about the Christian faith. But he would often say, if this doesn't work for you, then just forget about this one and let's try a different way of understanding it. Um, and Jesus did this a lot. So we have a good, a good model for this in Jesus. He used metaphors all the time, lots of parables. For example, he talked about a vine and its branches with grapes. He said, I, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he also talked about the kingdom of God one time, like a treasure that someone had found in a field. And they went and sold all they owned to buy this field to get this treasure because it was so precious. It gives this accessibility because we can start to think in terms that we, are, we do understand to perhaps kind of pull the curtain back on things that are quite difficult to understand. So in this section of Hebrews, the writer does this. And it's kind of going to be our theme for today, as we try and unpack this uh, passage, which is in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Um, and he uses the idea of a building, or specifically a house, or a home, a dwelling place for people, a place where people can live. So I've just got a quick question for you guys. Just think about it for a second, um, and you can just shout out, raise your hand if you want, but think of a word or a phrase that you say would sum up your home. A word or a phrase, huh? Hospitable. Hospitable. Family. Family. Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> yep. Disaster. Disaster. Is that because of the beer pong situation? <laughs> By the way, I'm going to wear my Scottish curling shirt. If you don't know what it is. Anyone else? Your, your house, your home. Love. Love. Comfort. Security, huh? Grandma's home. Right. So I, I've lived, I calculated this, I've lived in about 30, at least 30 different homes so far in my life. Kind of nomadic stuff. But Ron and my wife, actually, she counted it's well over 45. It's not a problem, okay? It's just, you know, you know, we can talk about that sometime maybe. But yeah, everything from a couch in a friend's apartment for one year to a cottage by the ocean. I've lived in all kinds of homes. But as I think about all of the homes that I've lived in, the most important word for me, as someone said, is security. Is a place to feel secure. A place to feel I belong. A place to feel at ease. 
uh, safe at rest. And I think that is a powerful picture of home. And this, this writer is talking about a building and more specifically a home. And it's an apt picture for this audience to whom he is writing because we don't know exactly who they were, but things were not easy. They were starting to struggle. They were getting weary of this journey with Jesus in the culture in which they found themselves. And I think also for us, this picture can be a powerful metaphor for us because life is not easy, amen? And faith is not easy. And we all long to feel like we are home we are secure, that we are safe, that we can rest. So we're going to read uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. This is the word of God. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who are partners in the heavenly calling, think about Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him, just like Moses was faithful in God's house. But he, Jesus, deserves greater glory than Moses in the same way that the builder of the house deserves more honor than the house itself. Every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant in order to affirm the things that would be spoken later. But Jesus was faithful over God's house as a son. We are his house if we hold on to the confidence and the pride that our hope gives us. Let's pray. Lord, uh, just do pray this morning that uh, you are the one who knows our hearts. And for many of us, uh, our desires that our hearts would be open to you. So Lord, we pray that you would speak to your people this morning through your word. Encourage those of us who are weary, challenge those of us who have perhaps become complacent or, and <clears throat> move those of us who may have become stuck and inspire us with a, a glimpse of your love, your glory, your truth, mercy, and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So while I'm doing this thing again, which I like to do of alliteration, it's like a memory technique and so to, to understand this, this building, this house, um, we're going to do words beginning with O. Oh, said everybody. Oh, okay. And so the first one is origins. Some, oh, <laughs> that's going to get old. <laughs> but I'm fine with it. No, please keep doing it, actually. This is good. Once again. Origins, that begins with O. You know, everything comes from somewhere. I remember a day when my wife, Ronna, and uh, my father-in-law, Ron, and I were in Scotland. We were in Dundee, Scotland, where I grew up, on the, on the east coast of Scotland. We are walking through the town center, and Ron was walking along, and suddenly he kind of pulled up. We realized he wasn't with us, and he was standing looking at a sign outside this large stone church, which I have a picture of for you. It's called the Steeple Church. It's in the center of Dundee. And what had caught his eye was the date when this thing was first founded, when there was first a church on this site, because it said on the sign 1192, and he was just like, 1192, he's from the west coast of America, there's not much like that in terms of buildings. 830 years ago now, that place was founded. And there, my, my home has so many ancient buildings, some of you have visited Scotland and seen some of those, yeah? And um, one time, Ronna and I, another time, we're driving by Loch Ness, looking for the monster, um, we didn't see it, but 
Well, we did see, but it was a fiberglass replica, which got us excited for a moment, but it was just a tourist attraction. But we're driving by there, and there's a place called Castle Urquhart. And I was feeling like whenever I go there, I feel all proud. I, I well up with pride about my, my culture and my heritage. So I was thinking maybe we should stop in and visit this, this ancient wonder. Uh, and, but it was a little bit expensive. We were quite you know, poor those days. And, and Rona said, you know, for the price they're charging, you think they would have finished it. <laughs> and I was just like, back in the car, Americans. They should have got Disney to come and finish that thing. It would look beautiful. And actually, the oldest house in Northern Europe is in Scotland. It's actually a home, and it's in a place on the Orkney, Orkney Island called Knapp of Hower, and it's from 3,700 BC. You imagine that? 3,700. There was a home that's still there to this day on Orkney from 3,700 years before Christ. So there's a lot of old buildings, but this is a different kind of thing the author's talking about. He's talking about a very, very ancient building. It's a house that God has been building since time began, older than any man-made structure. In verse 4, the writer tells us, God is the builder of everything. God is the builder of everything. The dwelling in which we find our lives, this earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created mankind in his own image. So there's this physical creation which we can think of as a home. We live on this planet. Um, and when we were meant to have this relationship, it was meant to be a safe place, a secure place, a place of rest. In the beginning, as Melody shared, like one of the early Hebrew sermons, that we had it all. We had a relationship with God. We had a home that would sustain us with food and everything that we needed was there. And then we lost it all because sin came into the world and we lost it all. But the story of Hebrews is telling you that we have been able to get, get it all back again. Jesus has opened this door. So what has been happening with this building is the writer is tracing in Hebrews this building project, rebuilding project from when it was all lost uh, through the whole history of God's people and all the ways in which he was building something new again. So he began Hebrews with the prophets. The prophets talked to our ancestors through various ways. He talked about angels who came with messages. He mentioned Abraham, who was one of the first people where God said, go to a place that I will show you. And Abraham got up and he went. And now he's talking about Moses. Do you guys know about Moses? I don't assume that everyone does. Moses was a, a young man. He was the famously hidden by his mother when the Pharaoh was killing all the Egyptian babies. And he ended up being a child in the court of Pharaoh himself. One day he was feeling really upset that his, the Jewish people were being um, persecuted and he killed one of the Egyptian rulers and he fled for his life. Spent 40 years out in the, in the desert after that time, but then God called him by this burning bush that was not consumed to go and set the people free. Moses is an incredible character in the story of God. He even said, I can't, I just got an electric shock, that was fun. <laughs> Static. These shoes, science. Um, so, he, so he was this guy and he said, I, I don't speak well. He, he basically confessed that I can't do this. But God said, go, I'm sending you, go. And this is part of this building. Um, so, but now the author says, yes, the angels were powerful. They brought messages. The prophets were amazing. They spoke from God's words to the people. And, and Moses was this incredible person. But now, all of this building project has found its perfection in Jesus. This is the whole story. So in verses one to three, we just read, think about Jesus. 
the apostle and high priest of our confession. Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him, just like Moses was faithful, but Jesus deserves greater honor. So back in Deuteronomy, which is an Old Testament book, Moses was wondering what was gonna happen, and this is what God said to him. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, out of the house. There was a building that these people were trapped in, which meant they were slaves in Egypt. And God is a God of freedom. He breaks the chains, he releases the captive, he sets them free. And so in some small way, you know, a very earthly way, the people were saved from that slavery. And Moses was faithful in his part, the writer tells us. It says, Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant in order to affirm the things that would be spoken later. What was gonna be spoken later as this building continued? Well, back again in Deuteronomy, this is, people say Moses wrote these words, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites, and you must listen to that prophet. I will raise a prophet like you from among your fellow Israelites. I will tell that prophet what to say, and he will tell the people everything I command him. So this could be pointing to the prophets that were to come, but it could also be pointing to Jesus. Because in 1 Samuel, the writer there says, and I will raise up to myself a faithful priest who shall do all that is in my heart and in my soul. This is God speaking. And I will build him a sure house. Promises. And Moses was incredible. Who's, what movies? There's been movies about Moses or Charlton Heston, right? I should have had a picture of old Charlton up there. Incredible film. I don't know if you know this, but Moses only took it so far. Moses was unable to bring the people into the promised land. That fell to a man called Joshua to do that. Moses actually, uh, his life ended up on a hill. He caught a glimpse of the promised land, but he was unable to pass through. But now we see Jesus. All of these stories, all of these characters, all of the words they spoke and the deeds they did were pointing toward the one who would come, who was the master builder who was indeed the architect of all of this saving work. Now we see Jesus. So the, the author describes Jesus in two ways. First is apostle, an apostle, and the second is a high priest. So what is an apostle? Anyone wanna just say, what's an apostle? Disciple? I shouldn't ask questions with these bad ears, <clears throat> you know? I should have, say, huh? Someone who saw Jesus, okay. So yeah, kind of the root of the word apostle is about being sent, one who is sent. Jesus sent his apostles. This, the church that we are in the tradition of is an apostolic church, as in their people go, they are sent with a message. And Jesus was, in the perfect time in history, was sent. Who Jesus is is the one who brings God into the neighborhood. He was God stepping into our neighborhood, our houses, our streets, our towns, and he came to this earth. Love brought him into action, and he came as an apostle, bringing good news. The second thing is high priest. What did Jesus do as a high priest? Well, this is another. Hebrews is full of Old Testament stuff, um, and one of the things is, in the Old Testament, what was God's house? It was a temple, and people would go, only certain people, high priests would go at a certain time to offer sacrifices for the people so their sins would be set aside for another year. So Jesus comes along, he comes into the temple, he cleans the temple out, he says this should be called a place of prayer, 
But then in his own way as the high priest, he offers himself as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And there's an amazing moment you maybe have read about in the gospel when, when Jesus breathes his last on the cross and dies, the curtain in the temple that separated the outside from the inside where God was supposed to dwell tore in half and opened the way. So Jesus is the perfect builder for what we needed. He is one who came this is real stuff. He walked on the earth. You can go around in the Middle East in, in Israel and see the plants that he referred to and, and all the stuff that he did. It was on this earth that he came and he came and he performed this great work to set us free from our sin, from our shame. So that's origins. From of old, this building has been being built. Second word, beginning with, is ownership. Ownership. There is something that has happened for those who have recognized in Christ that God has come to offer forgiveness and relationship. The deed of ownership has been transferred. The author says, we are his house. This is what makes this passage weird because his metaphors are like, there's a lot of different houses, levels, but a very important one to realize is that we are his house. So this building project that continued through history is now being undertaken in us. In us, we are the church. We are his building. He, we, he owns us. Ephesians chapter two puts it this way. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. You see the picture? This building coming up with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And that's all of us. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are in the indwelling that the spirit lives in us. We are the building. You know, in paradise, when the fires came through and all the churches were destroyed, did the church stop being the church? When we were outside on the lawn during the COVID time, did the church stop being the church because we're not in the building? We are wherever we go. And I think beautifully when we gather together in one place, we are more complete. There's no such thing as individual Christianity. It'd be like saying, you know, look at my house and all there is is a door or a window or a mantelpiece. That's, that's not, we need the whole house. This is the picture that we have. And we called brothers and sisters, holy brothers and sisters. So this work is being done in us. And it's often hard. It's difficult. We need some security. We need to know that this house is not going to be washed away or blown away. Um, and I thought of this story, because the kids are here as well. What better story than to think about and illustrate this than the three little pigs? Who knows that story? Does any kid know the story of the three little pigs? Anyone? I'm going to ask you. Yeah, there you go. Layla's going to give us a story as quick as you can. Um, I, really, I really don't want to do this. Okay. <laughs> Anyone? Megan. No. Megan's always got the answer. Come on, Megan. Once upon a time, there were three little pigs, and each of them made a house. One made it out of straw, one made it out of sticks, and one made it out of, bris out of bricks. Now, the first two were done sooner because it was sticks and straw, so it was easier than the brick house. 
But the brick house, um, eventually in the story, a wolf came and knocked the first two houses down. And the three little pigs um, took shelter in the brick house. The wolf tried to get it down, but couldn't. Am I missing anything? That's good, yeah. That's amazing. There are, there are various versions of that story which are much less appropriate for children because as most fairy stories, you know, the wolf, whether he escaped or whether he didn't is another story. It says they ate him. The pigs ate the wolf in one of the stories. But this is the picture, this is the picture. And Hebrews later on is gonna tell us this very, very clearly in no uncertain terms. Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. This is security. This is safety. The God who's been building this throughout centuries and generations is still building it today and is founded on the rock-solid assurance and certainty that we can have in Christ, that it's his work and nothing can take that away from us. We can be home, secure and safe in the brick house. So when the big bad wolf comes along and says, Isn't that amazing? The stories in our culture just kind of echo so much. We have a wolf, we have an enemy, we have a devil, a lion who roars and seeks to frighten us and scare us. But we are safe, anchored in Christ because he is the builder. We are the material for his building. The third O word, O, is orientation. And this might seem a little odd, but you know, when you buy a house, you think about the orientation, right? Why do you think about the orientation of the house? Which way it's facing? Right, so depending on where you live, you might want sun in the morning or sun in the evening, you know, you might want an east-west thing, you know. I read about it yesterday, it's way more complex than I ever thought. But we, the only house Ron and I have ever owned was on Orcas Island, and um, it was south-facing, and it was beautiful that orientation. It was the perfect orientation for our lives because we've got this gorgeous sun, sunny days, in quite a cold place. It was beautiful. We too, this building that God is building has an orientation that's really, really important. And it's mentioned in verse one. He calls us partners in the heavenly calling. We have a direction, an orientation towards this heavenly calling. And this is so important. We don't just have a building in this, on, in this earth. We have a hope for a future that is also secure and solid, that can give us confidence. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. This is our orientation, that we live now on this earth solidly rooted, doing things in our community, being present, but our hope is eternal. Our hope is for our ongoing relationship with God and each other. So again, verse six in this passage talks about Jesus, says he was faithful over God's house as a son. We are his house if we hold on to the confidence and the pride that our hope gives. And this could seem initially like it's kind of dependent. If I'm not doing well, I'm not feeling very confident one day, then that is not happening. That is not what is happening here. It is a result of this truth that Jesus has been faithful 
we can have confidence and the pride that our hope gives us. You know, the word pride is a little bit of a bad word in Christianity. You're not supposed to be prideful, but the author really wants you to be proud, to boast in what you have in Christ. It is superlative. It is incredible. It is wonderful. It is powerful. And we are people who should speak out our pride, our joy in what we have been given in Jesus. Because with that perspective, no matter what's happening in life, we can be truly at home in our place, wherever that place is, whatever's going on in our lives, we can have the confidence to live fully in our place, in our time with these people doing what we do each day. We can love our place. We can be free to love our place. We can fully inhabit our place with adventure and joy and courage. We can connect with our place. N.T. Wright, who's one of the uh, books that we've been looking at to, to study Hebrews, he's an English uh, pastor, writes this. The people who make up this house are described as a bold, confident family. A bold, confident family. This isn't a recipe for arrogance, using the gospel as an excuse for the kind of pride which covers up our own insecurities. Rather, it's a matter for cheerful celebration knowing that the gospel and the hope it brings has nothing to do with our achievements and everything to do with God's love and grace. Confidence. We can have confidence. You know, I talk a lot about Orcas Island. Are you bored of hearing about Orcas Island yet? Ron and I, we talk about Orcas Island a lot. There's a big chunk of our heart that still lives there. And, and it's an amazing place. I'd say in some ways, we are evangelists for Orcas Island. People will probably be mad at us because they don't want anyone else to move there. But I'll tell you why. Because on Orcas Island, due to the fact that it's an island with really one church, one main evangelical type church on the island, people had to work their differences out. You couldn't just walk away. You had to stick together. There was something so beautiful about that story. And also being an island, the church was extremely integrated with all of the community around. We one time calculated from all the things the church did from the pantry and, and everything, high school, high school ministry, that about 75% of the population of the island has some connection with our church, which is radical. And it's hard to do that on the mainland where there's so many choices. But I was just thinking, in, in the same way that Ron and I are like evangelists for Orcas Island because of the, the beauty and community life we felt there. Imagine that's how we all felt about what God is building here. Right here in New Song Church, in our community, imagine we encountered that to the extent that we couldn't stop talking about it. God is doing something incredible, a place of belonging, a place of partnership, a place of joy. That's what we're trying to build. That's what we believe God is building for us, a place where where I can't stop talking about what God is doing in, the, in my life and the lives of the people that I love and do life with. I'm gonna invite the band up now before our next O word. Mm, yeah, we're tired of that now, aren't we? And all the men in the house said, and all the ladies in the house said. So the last word is opportunity. This building has an open door. This building has an open door. And we didn't make it, and we can't close it, and it will never close. And the invitation, the opportunity, is for those of us who are tired 
of sleeping on the couch in the apartment. That's a metaphor for something else, right? Or the houses we've lived in, trying to find the place where we feel at home and feel secure and feel safe and feel settled and feel welcome and feel, feel like right. There's a door you can step through in Christ and it simply involves you saying to the builder, build me into your building. Take my life. Take my life. I'm gonna share in along those lines uh, some other scriptures, not scripture at all, actually, it's a song by the great theologian Tom Waits. Anyone know who Tom Waits is? Fuzz does. He was in a movie called Down by Law where the saying, I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream came from. I bet you've heard that. But he's an amazing uh, composer, singer. He's a, he's a really, like, got a really deep voice. Um, you should check him out, though, Tom Waits. And he has this uh, song on one of his records, which is essentially a gospel song. You know, we've been talking a lot about that, about how many songs our culture creates that are essentially gospel. And I'm just going to read this. This is the invitation. It's called, Come On Up to the House. Doesn't life seem nasty, brutish, and short? Come on up to the house. The seas are stormy and you can't find no port. Gotta come on up to the house, yeah. You gotta come on up to the house. Come on up to the house. The world is not my home, I'm just passing through. You gotta come on up to the house. There's nothing in the world that you can do. You gotta come on up to the house. And you've been whipped by the forces that are inside you got to come on up to the house. Well, you're high on top of your mountain of woe, got to come on up to the house. Well, you know you should surrender, but you can't let it go. You got to come on up to the house. You got to come on up to the house. Come on up to the house. The world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. You got to come on up to the house. The door is open. The table is set. We're going to do this shortly with communion. Um, we have our wonderful worship team here. So this really uh, is an opportunity now to put um, our feet and our hands and our voices into action in response to this. It's a means of stepping through the door and recognizing that Jesus has given us this sacrament with bread and with juice to remember all that he has done that nothing can ever take away and that is ours completely. So to do this, we're actually gonna recite the Apostles' Creed. Um, the writer in Hebrews mentions that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. So I think at this point, if this is something that you, is, this is for your life, and of course, if you're still pondering what all this might mean, like we said, my door is always open. If you wanna talk more about these things, that would be wonderful. But uh, so don't feel you need to participate in this if you're not thinking this is your journey, your route, where you want to do this. But for the rest of us, let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and then we will come just in your own time, take a cup, a piece of bread, sit down again, and we'll take it shortly together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's take communion. Is Scott here? Scott Martinez? If he could serve, that'd be great. Significant and mysterious and beautiful truth. So let's remember that as we take this bread in remembrance of him. a cup and he told his disciples even though they didn't know what he was talking about that there was something new about to happen a new covenant in his blood for the forgiveness of sin that no more would the enemy be able to have a free reign to wreck to destroy to tear walls down but that we would be part of this new building let's take the cup Thank you, Lord Jesus. Build your life in us. Help us to yield to your good work. Shape us, fit us together to make something beautiful something that would bring glory to your name and fame to your name and would draw others to that door. We thank you and pray in Jesus' name.